It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's not often that you're going to hear people admit that they were wrong in sports radio and it's unlikely you will today, but we'll yep. come close. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Let me tell you something. That is a spectacular shirt that my partner Joe Fortenbaugh has on today. It's got a lot going on to it, and I I dig it. That's all there is to it. Feels like it's going to have to be retired soon. When I Why? moved to Vegas three years ago, I bought a bunch of these stupid-looking shirts because they fit the vibe around here. But you move to Connecticut, you can't wear a shirt like this. Well, Joe, I'm wearing like one of these kind of trendy-ish type golf shirts today. It's 31 degrees in New Jersey. Okay? so Big, big guys operate under a different rule set, though. But you know what? I'm not the big guy. There, there are the big guys, Joe, who still until it gets down to 20, we'll wear shorts. Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> the big guys who are just in shorts and it's snowing outside. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where I went to college at Hobart, you knew it was the winter in upstate New York when the kids were wearing socks with their Birkenstocks. That's, that's what it was winter. I've seen that before. Very well done. We have got some Thursday night football to discuss with the Cowboys and the Seahawks. And that is where we begin today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Carlin versus Joe Nation. Dr. Pepper call in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Joe, have we been shorthanding Mike McCarthy? I put that question to you because when we look at Uh, What we have seen from the Dallas Cowboys this season, they have not beaten good teams, but offensively, our biggest concern or gripe or frankly fear about Dallas this year was that they were not going to approach where they were last year. And, And Joe, they haven't. They've been better. They're averaging more than four points more per game this season. And with Kellen Moore gone to the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, who we all expect to be a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott, I can make the argument that Dak Prescott under Mike McCarthy is having potentially his best season since his rookie season. That's well said, because that was supposed to be the big problem. McCarthy taking over play calling, Kellen Moore going to the Chargers, Herbert and the Chargers were supposed to be much better on offense. Dallas was supposed to take a hit. It's been exactly the opposite. McCarthy's done a good job this year. He's done a good job. That's fair to say, and it's accurate to say. But with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, it's not about whether or not you can do a good job. It's about whether or not you can do a great job. I saw you win 12 games in the regular season last year. Very good. I saw you win 12 games in the regular season two years ago. Very good. I remember about a month ago when you went to Philadelphia and you mismanaged the end of that game. We came out and we criticized the heck out of him. You know why we're not criticizing him now? Because he's ripped off three straight wins against the Giants, the Panthers, and the Commanders. And because we all suffer from recency bias, we sit here and we say, man, Dallas is playing really well. Yeah, 
They had some bad teams on the schedule in front of them. They beat up on them. They are good. McCarthy is good, okay? But look at the level of talent he has and ask yourself if he's going above and beyond with that talent. Okay, I want to play a game with you. I want to go through the schedule from start to now, and I want you to tell me just which team is more talented overall. Are you ready? Yeah. Cowboys or Giants? Cowboys. He won that game. Cowboys or Jets? Cowboys. Cowboys won that game. Cowboys or Cardinals? Uh, Cowboys. Okay. Cowboys lost lost that game. Cowboys or Patriots? Cowboys. Won that game. Cowboys or Niners? Niners. Lost that game. Cowboys or Chargers? Mm, Cowboys. And you see where we're going here. Yeah. They won that game. They have more talent than the Rams. They won that game. They have less talent than the Eagles. They lost that game. And then Giants, Panthers, Commanders. In every game in which Mike McCarthy has coached this year where he's had more talent than the opposing coach, he's won, save for the Arizona game. In the two games in which his talent level was equal to or below that of the opposition, he lost. That's always been the problem for Mike McCarthy. He needs to be able to outcoach the guy on the other sideline when everything's even. And in the playoffs is where that becomes the most apparent, and in the playoffs is where he's come up short. Tonight, you got Pete Carroll? Yeah, you could probably outcoach Pete Carroll. Why? Because you have a lot more talent than him. And what are you going to do here in the next five games? This is why I'm not ready to say. I asked the question, but I am not ready to say that we are completely shortchanging Mike McCarthy because, as you pointed out, the competition so far. They lead the league in scoring. Frankly, they should. They should. They're at 32 points a game, and that number is considerably up from last year. Uh, Dax, what he is doing at quarterback this year, we do have to give McCarthy some credit on that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. When, when Dak is 15 to 16 points higher in his QBR now than he was last year at this time and and that he finished last year again going back i mean we look at what's going on with the chargers do we think that we have seen the best of justin herbert this season under kellen moore i I don't think so i i I don't think so i think he's been okay um but i don't think we haven't you can look at his numbers and say well He's a little bit better, but I would. that's not a case where I'd look at the numbers. We watch a game like the other night, and you're just kind of like, what's going on here? The, you know, It's kind of all over the map. What, the Baltimore game? Yeah. They I, were I, disgusting. That was a disgusting they performance. They were absolutely disgusting, and I guess I saw it. the Browns put up a huge number with Deshaun Watson against the Ravens. Like, and, the Chargers couldn't do anything, and they were at home. Yeah, and, and this is the point. Like, if you're the Chargers – and you have that kind of offensive talent, I'd argue that they haven't maximized it right now. They, they just haven't. That aside, there's the Dak factor. I want to hear from Jerry Jones on this. Here he is on his radio show this week talking about how McCarthy has influenced Dak this season. Really, I can definitively say this is the best I've seen him play. Uh, I think that I would give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit here because Mike has done a great job of coaching how important it is that they get the fundamentals down of of what we're trying to do offensively. They've stayed consistent with the changes and what he's trying to do offensively. That's paying off. It is. And he hasn't, he has kept it consistent in that he wants to be a, a somewhat diverse offense. They have run the football 
enough that they have kept it to be a diverse offense. But there are two more things here. I told you about the QBR and how those numbers are up for Dak considerably this season. I believe the running game is a big part of that. But I also think now we find out. Now we find out. Dak right now is on a pace for 36 touchdowns and nine interceptions. I don't think he's going to maintain that pace. We've got five in a row coming up here, Joe, against teams that are 500 or better. And it begins tonight with Seattle. Seattle, Philadelphia, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, before they close the season at Washington. Five in a row. Are the Cowboys for real? Is Mike McCarthy getting shortchanged? This is when these questions get answered. And if the Cowboys come out the other side of this at four and one, we got to give the dude some credit, and maybe we even got to give the dude a little bit of a look at coach of the year. Uh, no, no. See, here's the thing. They come out of that stretch four and one, and the Cowboys are sitting there at eleven and four going into the last week of the year against that stretch, Joe. That's eh. D'Amico Ryan's in Houston stepped in to a team that's got problems everywhere. They were I, drafted I'm very we high. Talk about it. We got to talk about it at least, don't we? You can talk about it all you want. We don't actually have to vote for it. The thing is, he's got a lot of talent, and he gets good results with that talent. All right. It's Brandon Staley gets maligned for everything because he's got a good roster and he can't win games. That's bad coaching. D'Amico Ryans does not have a great roster. He's getting really solid results. He's getting better results than you would expect from that roster. That's a really good coaching job. McCarthy is getting good results with a good roster. That's what we'd expect. He's not failing like Staley is. He's not overachieving like D'Amico Ryans, or I'd even argue Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota has overachieved a bit this year. Maybe Sean Payton's overachieved a bit in Denver. Those are the guys who have taken a a C-level roster, and they've gotten B-plus grades. McCarthy's taking a a minus roster and getting a minus grades. He's doing what he should do. What we want to see from him and why he catches so much criticism is we've never seen him outduel a guy who's got comparable weaponry at his disposal. Let's see you outcoach and outthink Kyle Shanahan. Let's see you outcoach and outthink Nick Sirianni. When you start to do that, I'll start talking about how you're coach of the year. But when you get a great roster, you better give me really good results if you want me to even consider you for coach of the year. I get it. Congratulations. So far, you're doing your job. Yeah, you're doing you're, what you're supposed to be doing. You've been given a really solid roster, and you've given me really solid results. Who, who, can, which, which coach can't do that? Right? Like who, who can't do that? Staley? Well, he's going to get fired. There he's have been not plenty in this over the years. I think we could agree. <laughs> there yeah. have been plenty. And, and if he has the top scoring offense in the league this year, it would be the fourth time in his career that he's done that, and that shouldn't be ignored. No, it's impressive. It's just when we talk about coach of the year, how great of a job is this? You had your talented roster go up against two other talented rosters. You lost both those games. You're the guy who went for it on fourth down in a two-score game and came up short rather than kick the field goal, make it a one-score game, and give your team a better chance to win. Like, that's the guy we've seen for years in high-leverage spots, not making the the comparable or the adequate decisions that are needed. And and trust me, I'm not uncomfortable being in the position of defending him, but if they come back and win the division with what universally, I think I could say, was expected with all of the knocks that he was taking early in the year, at the very least, he's in the discussion for it. 
Yeah. At the very least. You can have the discussion. You can discuss, we can discuss anything. You, you want to go to uh, Alaska later today? Let's discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Like I said, you didn't quite hear us admit we were wrong. And <laughs> Joe certainly wasn't doing that. Exactly. <laughs> Mike McCarthy is not the only Super Bowl winning coach. God, as I read that, I thought, oh, that's right. He did win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, he did. As I'm saying that, uh, he is not the only Super Bowl winning coach that is getting the most out of his star quarterback. We are going to explain who is getting it done. Speaking of coaches of the year next, it's Carlin versus Joe just getting started. Let's just say what we mean on Thursday. You're welcome because we're here to make it easier on ESPN (laughs) radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition right now. Get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Had a rough weekend, but the last one out, we ended up winning one singular bet. It was that future play we had on the Boston Celtics to win their region in the in-season tournament. So 1-0, and up one unit. Overall, 89 wins, 90 defeats, two draws. We are down 10.08 units. We've got to start getting it back in a hurry. We also have that Boston 8-1 to future to win the in-season tournament pending. Here we go. Thursday night football, Seattle Seahawks. We're going to bet that they score under 18.5 points in this game. That's the bet. The Seattle team total under 18 and a half points. Oh. Seattle's offense has fallen off a cliff. First four games this season before the bye, 27 points per game. In the seven games since that bye, 16 points per game. 16 or fewer points in four of their last seven matchups. Geno Smith's banged up. Kenneth Walker's banged up. Phil Haynes on the offensive line. He's out for this game. He's going to be replaced by a rookie. That is a big problem on the road with the crowd noise in Dallas and a defense that ranks number one in the NFL in pass rush win rate. Dallas is going to get after Geno tonight. Seahawks go under 18 and a half total points. May I amplify it with one more little statistic? Sure. How about the fact that the Seahawks have scored three offensive touchdowns in their last four games along your points uh, scored uh, numbers there a moment ago? Oof. That right there is Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Let me That's tell you something. a tag team effort right there. And that is the greatest tag team of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, really? Heart Foundation. Either Heart Foundation with the Road Warriors, number two. Also known as Legion of Doom. Right, right. Okay. Uh, Old school guy. 
That's okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Is it? Kill. You didn't want to go with demolition there? Didn't want to go with the bad guys? Axe and smash? And crush? No. <laughs> I remember when the Hart Foundation beat him two out of three falls. Even yeah. when they snuck crush underneath the ring and snuck him out as the fresh man. But always, that's neither here nor there. Always gold content when you can weave the old WWF days into the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. How about our Denver Broncos? I don't know a, I don't know a show that has been more pro Sean Payton and pro Russell Wilson all season long. Never we doubted that a one. thing. Never we, doubted a thing that was going wrong. I had him win in the Super Bowl, and I feel confident in that. As you should. As you should. <laughs> They're headed for the postseason. Mark it down. And ink. That's like right. It. It's a plus money bet. If you like him in the playoffs, it's a plus money bet. Well, here's, a, here's what's uh, really remarkable about it. When we're thinking about who we need to give the credit to, I think, obviously, that both Russell Wilson and Sean Payton deserve a ton of credit in this. But let's just let's take a look at Payton for a moment. Joe, the idea behind bringing Sean Payton in was to buy instant credibility, right? We have seen teams do that, teams that have been lost as organizations for a long time. The Jets brought in Bill Parcells in the late 90s, gave them instant credibility. The Chiefs brought in Andy Reid, instant credibility. Seattle, Mike Holmgren, instant credibility. All of these guys, the Giants, Tom Coughlin, instant credibility. All of these guys have turned turned those organizations into either Super Bowl appearances or very close to it, but they completely changed the culture and the dynamic of what was going on. And that's what Sean Payton was brought here to do. And I think justifiably so, we all sat here at one and five looking at a team that had given up 70 points, Joe, and wondered if Sean Payton was even going to hang in with this and how quickly this was going to explode. Somebody on this show, I don't remember who, said that uh, by week 11, uh, Russell Wilson was going to be completely done in Denver (laughs) and not playing another snap. Can't remember who said it, but somebody did. That guy's an idiot. Uh, Having said that, Payton has really steadied a ship that was headed directly for a big-time iceberg. Yeah, I mean, they're organized right now. And that's all you can ask for coming off what you had last season. And that might not sound like a huge step, but as a fan, man, you want to be organized. You just want to be organized. You want to be competent. You don't want to be embarrassing. Everyone looks at the Super Bowl contenders like Philly and San Francisco and Kansas City, and it's like, I want that. It it takes a step first, right? You don't want to be New England. They're an embarrassment. You don't want to be the Jets. They're embarrassing. You don't want to be the Bears. They're embarrassing. The Panthers are a disgrace. You watch these teams, and you look at them, and you're just, my God. The decision-making, the execution, the preparation, everything just looks awful. Awful. And that's all everyone refers to you as throughout the course of your season. Awful play, bad decisions, people piling on. That's the bottom of the NFL barrel. People want to focus on the top. Denver needed to take a step forward. That's what Sean Payton did. He came in, and they're competent. They're organized. They go out each week, and they compete. Sometimes 
They get the better of the other team. Sometimes if they come up short, it's a competitive game. You know, they could have lost to Minnesota. No one would have banged on them for that. It was a really good game. They found a way to win it late. So yeah, Peyton's Peyton's been fantastic this year in terms of just taking an organization that was rudderless and giving them some direction. Now, I'm curious as to your thoughts on Wilson at this point. Russell Wilson is 35 years old. And the assumption was, and I think, you know, justifiably so, is that Sean Payton was going to run him out of town. Because, you know, he walks in the door and it's, can we stop doing press conferences every five minutes? Can we get rid of your offices in the building? All of those kinds of things. Russ, to his credit, has bought in. And I'm curious as to what that means for the future of Russ out in Denver. Here is Andrew Mason from Denver Sports 104.3, the fan, who was on game night last night, speaking about the Broncos and Russell Wilson and their future together. The question going forward is, what do the Broncos want to do in terms of what the scope of their offense is? Can Russell Wilson do everything that Sean Payton would like to do on offense? That's a question that they're going to have to answer here in the next three months because on the fifth day of the league year in tw- uh, of 2024, his 2025 salary becomes guaranteed, and that adds another $37 million of commitment onto the $85 million uh, that the Broncos uh, still have uh, on their books for Russell Wilson in future years. And so that's why even though they're winning and Wilson is do- is doing some good things, it's why there are still questions and debate as to what happens at quarterback going forward. Joe, as much as I admire what he's done, this is not the future for the Denver Broncos. And I think the quicker they turn the page on that, the better. Now, when you look at the the structure of the contract, it's going to make it very difficult to do that and actually have a productive season next year. But you may need to sacrifice next year if you feel like you can be in the position to get your guy for the future. I don't know, man. I would say that if we were able to eliminate last season from ever having occurred, I don't think we'd be looking at Russell Wilson this way at all. When he first showed up in Denver, there was a lot of belief that he was going to be able to hit the ground running, play well, lots of weapons. Denver was going to be competitive. Season's an absolute disaster. So now everyone has this view of him that he's washed. But look at his numbers this year. I mean, a few years ago, he had a quarterback rating of 106.3. This is in 2019 when he finished top five in offensive player of the year voting. 106.3. His rating this year is 103.4. He's right there. I mean, it's the highest completion percentage of his entire career at 68%. 20 touchdowns to four interceptions. Last year, he was 16 TDs, 11 INTs. This year, he's 20 to four. If we take that disaster of a season last year and erase it from everyone's memory, and this is his first season in Denver coming off Seattle, we think he's got plenty left in the tank. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. His quarterback rating, currently better than Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. How far do you want me to go? No, I understand. They're not asking him to go out and to win the game, so. I mean, if we're looking at it, uh, down the stretch of the seven times this year, he's thrown for less than 200 yards. Four of them have come in the last five games. They've won all five. Like, they're not asking him to go out and rip it up. So, 
at some point, if he's just the game manager, okay, if you feel like you can win the Super Bowl next year, great. Give it a shot. Otherwise, hmm. Might be better to get to the future sooner rather than later on a good note with Russ and give him a chance if he wants to try to go play somewhere else. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Caleb Williams said he is a game-time decision in deciding if he's going to enter the draft or return to college. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. So how would that change the entire NFL draft? It's after Joe has this from our friends at Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 2022 Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, Southern Cross. There's only one guy that can throw the ball like him, Mahomes. How did Caleb Williams do that? Unbelievable. He's awesome. He's really, really special. The Magic Man pulls out the Magic Wand. I'll tell you what, here's how good Fortinbaugh is. With the weekly pumpkin pie pick on Darian Mel, he is 9-1. and one. I just heard that from Mel during the break. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL draft analyst, and of course, co-host of Darian Mel on the weekends on ESPN Radio. Nine and one on the pumpkin pie pick, Mel. Is that accurate? It's 100% accurate. He's 90%, which is amazing. He had started out in the beginning of the year, and then we started getting this pumpkin pie theme going, and Joe said, I'll give you a pumpkin pie pick. It was like week three. We, so he's nine and one. One pick a week at Ball State plus four this past week. I mean, it's been amazing. And his picks overall have been outstanding. NFL and college, when everybody else seems to be struggling this year the handicappers not joe fortinball if you need some money because you got none <laughs> joe fortinball will help you win a ton <laughs> that that mikey c put that together saturday mornings uh, like you the start best with jingle that. we've ever had <laughs> it, it's an incredible jingle it's after that the picks don't even matter somehow they're winning but they oh mel hey, we'll charlie, hey, hey weekend, guys championship weekend yeah charlie charlie harper from a two and a half men could not have a jingle as good as that <laughs> All-time awesome. gig. <laughs> Jingle <Awesome>. writer. <laughs> All right, Mel, let's start here. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams calls it now, mm-hmm. quote, a game-time decision if he's going to go into the draft. Let's just play 
Let's play devil's advocate for a second. Mm-hmm. If Caleb Williams actually stays in college, which we all think would be unlikely, what would you do if you're the Bears with the number one pick? Well, if you're the Bears, you take uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, that would be the pick there. Drake May would certainly be in the discussion if you want to move on from Justin Fields, which I wouldn't do. But if they wanted to, to reset the clock, as Mike Tannenbaum always says, uh, then you go that route. And I, I wouldn't have any problem with that. But uh, certainly Caleb, you would figure, would be a Chicago Bear uh, if he's in this draft. And that would be the pick over Drake May. Drake May had a chance this year with a great year to be the number one quarterback. Drake did not have a phenomenal year. Go back to the Virginia game, the NC State game. His, his accuracy, his precise passing was a little lacking in a couple games, but overall he's got a ton of talent, so he's going to go. But to, over, to, to basically get ahead of Caleb is not going to happen now. So Caleb is the undisputed number one quarterback in this draft, and if he certainly, and we expect him in this draft, that if he is, he would be a Chicago Bear probably. He was viewed a certain way coming into the season. USC struggled this year, but that's not on him. The defense couldn't get stops. Right. The coaching wasn't all that great. Um, you know, he didn't want to meet with the media after the UCLA game. There are a lot of little things people have tried to nitpick him on. What is his reputation from the beginning of the year until now? Has it changed dramatically at all, or are the evaluation still relatively the same? Joe, it's a good question because you know, I, ha- I watched him in high school. He's from this area, obviously, and uh, he's a heck of a quarterback. There's no question about that. When you, uh, Bill Walsh, the late great Bill Walsh, always said, once you show me that you can do it. It's up to our coaches to make it consistent on a week-to-week basis. He had that big hiccup against Notre Dame. That was the spotlight game where everybody was watching. It's at night. It's at South Bend, and Notre Dame got the best of them. And he had talent around them all year. It wasn't like he had a bad offensive line or didn't have receivers or didn't have Marshawn Lloyd, a heck of a running back. He had all those components. So it was no excuse for the way he played that night, and he took full responsibility. He didn't play well. He had a bad game. So uh, you have a mulligan for that. But overall, uh, with that defense playing as poorly as they did, He did some spectacular things. There was a reason why he won a Heisman Trophy, and he was considered maybe the next Patrick Mahomes. Now, that's lofty. I don't like comps like that. But uh, certainly Caleb Williams this year maintained his number one spot on the big board, maintained his number one spot, obviously, at the quarterback's position, thinking that some maybe Drake May could get in there. Didn't happen. So, for me, he's still, for a Chicago Bear team that has, a, I think, a good young quarterback in Justin Fields, but if they do want to reset the clock, they go that route. Or they could take, say, Marvin Harrison by moving down a little bit and let somebody else get the number one pick. But Caleb is so good, uh, he, it, it puts them in a, in a quandary. It, it puts Arizona in a tough spot, at two. What do they do? I, I'd move forward with Kyler Murray, but you have Drake May sitting there. So, again, I think it's going to be very fascinating to see what these teams do, but I would say right now Caleb Williams goes number one overall to the Chicago Bears. Mel Kuyper Jr. with us, ESPN draft analyst and, of course, co-host of Dari and Mel. You snuck it in there, all right? You snuck it in there a little bit with the Justin Fields stuff. So at first it was if Williams stays. If you're the Bears right now overall, full picture, you're sticking with Fields as opposed to drafting any of these guys or if it is Caleb's available – then you take him and move on from. Field. Well, let's watch and, uh, and see what, what Justin Fields does the rest of the year. This is his opportunity. Uh, I thought he had a, uh, some good the plays the other night. Uh, he's obviously shown I uh, say play flashes. I think he's had some really good games, uh, but he doesn't have a lot of talent. That uh, you think about the Chicago Bear football team and what they need to do to improve around him. Uh, I think Mike Tannenbaum always says reset the clock. Ernie Acorsi, good friend of mine, uh, you, know, you know, always had great quarterbacks, right?
right? Johnny Unitas, Burt Jones, Bernie Kosar, Eli Manning. Think about all the great quarterbacks Ernie you know, you know, drafted and brought into the NFL. And he always said, you've got to keep swinging. You know, for the fences, you've got to get the quarterback. I said long, long, long time ago when people didn't agree, I said, if you're, you don't have the right quarterback, you're spinning your wheels trying to build around a, a mediocre quarterback. Once in a while, you can do it and if you have everything around that quarterback. But in this league right now, you need an elite quarterback if you're going to win big on a, on a, and be in the mix on a consistent basis. So for me, Caleb's the guy to take uh, if, if, if Justin doesn't show over these next amount of games. It's only, what, a handful of games left, five, six games left. Uh, that he can be the guy, and that's a decision they're going to have to make uh, at the end of, of the season. Not now, but at the end of the season, see what Caleb does. I think he'll be in this draft. That's number one. That has to happen first. And then see where Justin Fields is at the end of this year. Do you see signs? And, and they have to know in that building, it was either first one in, last one out. Do the players gravitate to him from a leadership standpoint? The knowledge that he has of this offense, everything about him has to be franchise material. And they know that better than anybody else. So once they make that call uh, and more than likely guys more than likely you would probably reset the Atlanta Falcons he was a he's a uh, from Georgia played for the Bulldogs early on from that state uh, the Atlanta Falcons will be an interesting opportunity to trade Justin Fields who has value on the market and draft Caleb Williams one so you could end up with extra picks via the trade of Justin Fields but take like I say Caleb Williams with that first pick overall Mel, we got more. Can you hang in for a few? Sure. Appreciate it. We always have more with Mel. It's Mel Kuyper Jr. who will uh, hang in with us, and we'll get more from him in just moments. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. If you need to hire, you need a partner by your side every step of the way. Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. The moment you sponsor a job post, you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description, and you can then conveniently schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from Indeed's hiring platform. Start today, get $75 in credits toward your first sponsored job. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. There's no reason why that doesn't come here, too. It does. That patience comes with good performance. I have a hard time imagining this is going to be an attractive job, just given how dysfunctional it seems on his face. It's a rough situation in Carolina right now. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. Don't forget to hit us up on social media, Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, that guy Carlin. 
on Instagram. By all means, go over there, or we make the magic happen, I guess. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. continues with us right now, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst Darian Mel. On the weekends, Mel, the Frank Reich situation uh, fired by the Panthers this week. David Tepper says they have full confidence in the pick of Bryce Young. So how concerned should we be about who the next coach is to maximize what Bryce Young is? Well, first of all, you're in a division with teams that have question marks at the quarterback position that aren't very strong at that spot. We just talked about Atlanta maybe making a move, and we, you know what, uh, with, obviously with Baker at Tampa and New Orleans with Derek Carr hasn't gone great. And all of a sudden, now you're in the NFC where you, that's where you want to be uh, if you're, you're Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. So I think the, the future can be bright. Bryce has hung in there for the, a kid 5'10", but 195, 200 pounds. He has taken some shots and he's lived to talk about it. He's, he's survived those hits. So as, as Will Levis has survived a ton of hits in Tennessee with that bad offensive line. So I think you look at it and you say, okay, where are we right now with these young quarterbacks? You can't all of a sudden audibleize away. You took who you took. I think any discussion about Young and Stroud, to me, is unfair to, to Bryce. I wouldn't even go there. You know, you made your pick. You don't have to address why we did it, what we were thinking. Just shut up, and, and, and that this is your guy. Show some respect for your quarterback. Do not bring up in any discussion C.J. Stroud. He's in Houston. He's got a lot of good things happening there. He's done a great job. That's C.J. Stroud. Dan Marino was a better rookie quarterback than John Elway. John Elway had a phenomenal career. Okay, so if we would have been having this discussion, why didn't you take Marino? Why'd you take Elway? Now, don't get involved. You, Bryce Young's your guy. You made that call. He hasn't done anything to, to dissuade you away to say, make you think he's not the guy. The pounding he's taken, the toughness he's shown, the escapability that he's shown, eluding and evading defenders in the pocket. Bryce Young is your guy. You don't worry about anybody else. You don't even think about anybody. You're thrilled to have your guy. And you're in a division where you can own a division if Bryce Young is a franchise quarterback, unless these guys hit on some picks coming up. So for me, Carolina is a, a good spot for any coach. I know Ben Johnson's name comes up and different names will come up. That's, if I'm a, a coordinator out there, this is where I want to be, uh, in this division with Bryce Young. So you're not going to be able to solve everything overnight. Carolina's got a rebuild going on. But where would you begin in terms of getting the most out of Bryce Young? How would you address that roster? I just go to the offensive line, Joe. This is a kid who is the smallest quarterback you'll ever see playing in the NFL at this level. I mean, we've had quarterbacks in that 5'10 and change range. Russell Wilson started that going, right? Uh, Doug Flutie back in the day. But to have a franchise quarterback be viewed as that at 5'10, 185 to 200, whatever, however it fluctuates during the course of the year, you better have. He can't survive these kind of hits on a week-to-week basis. And he has so far. Give him credit for that. But the offensive line's the pivotal part. And obviously weapons at wide receiver, but it all starts up front. And that's where Tennessee has to address that. Will Levis is a big, strong quarterback and tough as nails, but you can't survive some of the hits he survived over the long haul either. So I think that's the key for any young quarterback is don't get them so beat up physically that it uh, affects them mentally. And uh, the infrastructure we talk about in terms of the organization, I think the infrastructure has to be up front on the offensive line. Mel Kuyper Jr., the very familiar voice, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, host of the First Draft Podcast as well, Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. So the Patriots right now would have the second overall pick, and we don't know what's going to happen with Bill Belichick here, but in that context, Mel, let me ask you this question. 
How are talent evaluators looking at quarterbacks now versus how they did maybe 10 to 15 years ago? I don't think, Chris, the evaluation is any different. I think the way we view them and evaluating once in a league is disgraceful. It's disgusting to, to chew them up and spit them out and talk about them and evaluate them with these ridiculous different ratings the way they have them. Uh, yeah, I don't care about some of this stuff. I ask what it is. When I hear it, I say, stop, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And just watch them play and then evaluate them based on what you see and the potential you see them displaying and some of the toughness that they've shown instead of viewing a rookie quarterback like a six-year veteran and expecting him to play like that with teams that don't have great players around them. So I think that's the thing mentally has how do these young quarterbacks deal with all this you know, verbal abuse that they get okay, from everybody hating on them, saying they're a bust and you should move on? You should look at this group of young quarterbacks coming to draft just because they're, they're viewed as the guy. Well, these guys were the guy. And they're going to struggle. Stroud hasn't. You have, Dan Marino didn't. John Elway did as a rookie. Others have. We can go to laundry list of names. The guys were not very good as rookies. How did that turn out? So I think back in those days, we weren't 24-7 talking about this stuff. Okay? You had your half an hour Sunday pregame show, and that was it. And you had your local stuff. But now everybody's beat up every minute, every second of the day in the week. That How do these young quarterbacks get through that? And how does the organization, guys, protect them from that? And in Carolina, they haven't done a good job. Because anytime you're talking about Stratton explaining why you did something from last April is ridiculous. All right, so big matchup out west this weekend right here in Las Vegas. Bo Nix, your Heisman Trophy favorite. He's leading Oregon against Michael Penix, who's third in the odds race for the Heisman Trophy at Washington. Those two will be playing Jalen Daniels at LSU, second in odds. He's not playing. LSU not in the SEC championship game, so recency bias could play a big role here. As we work our way into projecting what happens this weekend and next week, who do you think ultimately goes on to win the Heisman Trophy? I'd probably say Bo Nix if he plays well, because like you just said, they're going to watch him in a big stage Friday night in a game that they lost to this team. Now they're a 10-point favorite. Uh, if Bo Nix, who's been lighting it up, he gets the ball out quick. He's got receivers that can get down the field, and he can make those throws. And he's been spectacular. There's no question about it. Jaden has as well. And I think, unfortunately, Jaden's kind of in the clubhouse. And that can be good. It can be bad. Okay? Do you bogey? Do you birdie? Do you eagle? What do you do? Okay? You're in the clubhouse. Let's watch this guy come up the 18th fairway and that that would be Bo Nix here and if he's if he's if he's birdieing or or eagle uh, but if he birdies it he's probably going to win it if he bogeys it Jaden can win it so I think it gets down to Jaden or Bo and right now because of the way Bo plays I don't expect the bad performance here especially in a situation where it's tough for a team to beat another good team twice uh, I would think Bo Nix has a really good shot uh, winning the Heisman Trophy. Mel, as usual, awesome stuff. We appreciate it, my friend. Always a pleasure. It's a highlight of my week, guys. Nine and one. Nine and except, one. Except for that. The pumpkin pie pick coming on Saturday morning, 7 to 10 Eastern ESPN Radio. Darian Mel, we can't wait for the best bet, the pumpkin pie pick from Fortin Ball, because he will help you make a ton of money. Well, a good one. once again, Mel, please sing the jingle. Hey, I need some money because I've got none. Joe Fortenball will help you win a ton. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Love it. Mikey C does it a lot nice. better, though. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> See you, Thanks, Mel. Mel. Hey, buddy. See you, man. Nine and one. Holy crap. It started Nine as a joke, one. too. I go on, I give out my three favorite college plays, my three favorite NFL plays, and then Mel's a huge pumpkin pie guy, and we were all oh. making jokes the one day, and I was like, look, I got an extra one for you. We'll call it the pumpkin pie play of the week. 
And we started doing that every week. And then lo and behold, it turned out to be nine and one at this point. Well, first of all, I want to remind you that the final college football playoff selection rankings are going to be heard right here on ESPN radio seen on ESPN this Sunday. Countdown to kickoff is going to take the official reveal live in the noon Eastern time hour, complete reaction immediately following. And of course, where can you find the games? Right here on ESPN Radio, the college football playoff semis, the Rose Bowl, the All-State Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day, and then, of course, the national championship game on January the 8th. Nine and one on that, it it makes no sense. It's just kind of all over the place sometimes where you have success there, but nowhere else. Well, I shouldn't say nowhere else, but, you know, not at the same level. (laughs) Not at that level. I guess here's what I'm saying. little help, dude. You know, big fella's got to eat. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.